for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Well, hallelujah. I would like to uh, get into your affairs a little bit this morning if I could again. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 18. We've been talking about the kingdom of God and we've been talking about character and living in the kingdom of God. How many of you know you belong to the kingdom of God? How many of you know that you're a citizen of heaven? There's a way to live down here right now, even before the new heavens and the new earth, where you can live in victory in every single area of your life. You can live with the peace. You can live with the joy, no matter what the situation. Say, what the situation? See, most of us, when everything's going real good, we don't have a problem, do we? We're in peace and we're in joy and boy, life is wonderful. And how many know that lasts about 20 minutes? Then something else comes into your life and you have to make the decision how you're going to live at that time. So things are going to happen in our life, but there's certain things in the kingdom of God that Jesus himself revealed to us that will assure you that you'll be able to live in victory your whole life. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 18, are you there? Look at verse 3. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Say converted. converted. Say it again, converted. converted. One thing you've got to learn about the kingdom of God since you've been born again and came into the kingdom of God and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and got born again and became a citizen of heaven, one of the things you're going to have to learn is a kingdom of conversion. Say a kingdom, kingdom. of conversion. Now, you control how much conversion is actually done in your life. God is not in control of that. You can pray, Lord, please convert me, but that's not going to work. You have to find out what the Word says about your life, how to live it. Then you have to do it. Say, do it. it. There's so many people out there, Bible smart, who know exactly what to do in every situation, and they're not doing anything in those situations themselves. How many of you know if you don't act on the Word of God, it's a total waste of time for you? Hallelujah. So notice, there has to be a change in your thoughts. There must be a change in your talk. There has to be a change in your actions for you to be converted. Now, I'm going to talk about one major change this morning, that if you can get a hold of this and you can start practicing it in your life, we'll deal with most of the problems you're going through down here. Most of the worldly problems you go through, most of the things in life that you run into, if you can just start doing this and practice it, it is going to help you in many ways. I believe many problems with people in the church who are born again suffer because of this little thing right here that they need to adjust in their life. If they adjust that, I believe sickness sometimes will leave their life. I believe you know, worry will leave your life. Many of the problems will leave your life, but it's something that you have to do. And once again, that means it's not the easiest thing to do. Because since you got born again, you were entered into the kingdom of God at that time. You know, you see those little things where they had salvation, and they had you out here. And then once you got born again, of course, they put Jesus in the center, and then you're the one on the outside rather than you be in the center of everything. Jesus became the center, and the kingdom of God and the word of God became the center. So what I want to talk about tonight are the two kingdoms mainly in the earth today. Number one, the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. And number two, the kingdom of self. Say the kingdom of self. There is a battle that's going on in your life right now between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of self. Proverbs says there is a way that seems right to a man, but that way ends up in death. So even though it seems right to us, this is the way we're supposed to live, this is the way we're supposed to act, this is the way everybody else is doing it, sometimes we're heading in the wrong direction and we're heading towards death rather than life in the kingdom of God. So basically there needs to be a conversion. What's that conversion? That conversion means to be thy kingdom come, thy will be done, from thy kingdom come, my will be done. 
In other words, if you keep yourself at the center, if you keep your will at the center, if you keep your desires at the center, rather than guards, you're going to have a rough life down here. And I'm telling you right now, you can praise and you can sing and you can dance and you can shout and you can do all those things, but only the word of God will convert you. Only the word of God is going to change the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that I don't care how holy you look on Sunday, how much you dance and sing around. If the word of God is not changing who you are on the inside to line up with the kingdom of God, you're going to be happy during praise and worship, then down after that. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because there's a kingdom of self fighting against the kingdom of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 16. All right, Matthew 16, let's just look at this whole thing. Go to verse 13. And when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say they are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes be killed and be raised again on the third day. I notice this is something here where Jesus comes to his disciples and basically says, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And notice Peter hit it right on the head, didn't he? I mean, he felt pretty good when he said that. It was the right answer. Don't you feel good? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And she said, you got it, praise God. You hit it right on the nose. This was a great moment for the disciples. The disciples knew him as a friend. They knew him as a teacher. They knew him as a miracle worker. But now they had gotten a revelation that he was actually the son of God and the son of man here on the earth and was part of the kingdom of God. So they saw him as the son of God. Say, son of God. God. Now the problem was good. Everything was going well until Jesus revealed the purpose of that the Son of God has here in the earth realm. Look at verse 21. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and raised on the third day. So they say, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, you got it. Now let me tell you what the central part of the kingdom of God is. Self-giving love. Giving yourself for someone else. And how many know they didn't know that? Look, they, they didn't understand it. You know why they didn't understand it? They didn't want to. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and you see a scripture there that you think knows what it means, but you're not sure, so you just ignore it because it's going to change something that you don't want to change to begin with. Come on now. I'm telling you the truth. Well, it can't mean that. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm sorry, it does. See? So what happens here? All at once Jesus said, I'm going to go suffer. I'm going to be killed. The center of my kingdom is this. The center of being a son of God basically is this one thing right here. This thing is that I am going to give myself self-giving love for everyone else who's out there, every person in the world today. Now, the disciples, how many know they were excited about going to Jerusalem and taking back the kingdom? In their mindset, they were going to go there and praise God, they were going to ride in on horses or have switchblades or swords or whatever, and Jesus was going to lead them in a battle, and they were going to cut them all up, and they were going to take over the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, Two of them were already fighting over the seat. 
I want to be at the right hand. I want to be at the left hand when we get there. But notice, it wasn't a physical thing Jesus was dealing with here. It wasn't a physical takeover. It was a spiritual takeover. And here, spiritual takeover was a kingdom that was different from what they were used to in their lives that was going to come and was going to change their lives. So then all at once, he stated the most important thing I think ever said in the Bible. Look at verse 25. He said, for whosoever will save his life, he shall do what? And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall do what? So find it. Notice, he says, this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. Self-giving love. The giving of yourself to other people and getting yourself basically out of the way. Now, how many know they wanted to follow him when he went to Jerusalem? They wanted to follow him wherever he went. They wanted to follow him in signs, wonders, and miracles. But when he gave him this, nobody wanted to really follow him that much anymore because that didn't sound like a very good idea to lose my life in order to save it, to give my life for other people, to do it. And watch how Jesus responds. Look at verse 23. But he turned Jesus and said unto Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense for me, for thou savorest not the things of God, but the things that be of who? Of men. So what did he do? He rebuked Peter. Why? Because Peter knew who he was as a son of God. There was proof there that a son of God in this day and hour belongs to the kingdom. Their main central part is self-giving love to other people in the world. But they didn't want to hear that, so basically Peter rebuked him. We really don't want to follow you there. Could you make something else up? And what happened? He said, Satan, get behind me. How I many know this was an important thing? So Peter was thinking the wrong way, heading the wrong way, looking the wrong way. I'll tell you what he was doing. He was gone in a way that seemed right to a man. But it was leading towards death and towards destruction. So Jesus corrected him. He said the kingdom of God. He said, you're going to have two choices. You're either going to live in the kingdom of God the way you were designed to work. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about how you were designed you were designed and created by the kingdom of God to live the kingdom of God way, and the kingdom of God way is self-giving love to other people just like God's way is. Not do what you want to do and get your way all the time and this and that. People tell me all the time marriage is 50-50. No, it's not. It's 100-100. There is no 50-50. You live in a 50-50 marriage, you'll end up like everybody else. Divorced. It's 100%, man. You are 100%. That's what God's love is. I am 100% giving to my wife, giving to my wife, giving to my... What if she don't give back? Giving to my wife, giving to... What if she don't give back? Giving to my wife, giving... It's not my responsibility. Do you follow me? If I want to live in the kingdom of God, if I want to live sickness-free, if I want to live in peace and joy, then I'm going to line up with the kingdom of God. If it works for God, I just figure it's going to work for me. And you've never saw God stressed out. You never saw him sick. You never saw him down and out. A lot of the little ailments we got in our life is due to something called selfishness got to have my way. I got to do my thing. It's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. And it doesn't work that way. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about self-loving giving to other people here in the world. Go to Matthew 19. All right, Matthew 19, look at verse 23. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of God. And again I say unto you, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who can be saved? But Jesus said unto them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now look at verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Say, we have forsaken all, left all, and followed thee. 
Now, how do we know that Peter basically was not in the self-giving love realm yet? Read the whole verse. Then Peter said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Now, here's the bad part. What shall we get for doing that? What is that? Self. What are we going to get? Yeah, we'll serve you. We'll do this. But what are we going to get? I love your teaching on the kingdom, Pastor, because if I just seek first the kingdom of God, everything's going to be added to me. If that's your motive, it's not going to work. You're not here to get things from God. You're here to self-seeking love or self-giving love to each and every person, expecting absolutely nothing in return. And how many know that's a change of mind? Come on, that'll, that'll mess up your thinker. How many times have you done a bunch of nice things for a person out there, and you did this, and you did that, and you did this, and then once they had a chance to do something good for you, and they didn't do it, and it made you mad? Oh, going to get quiet. I know, I know. Nobody's going to answer. Notice, well, all the things I did for them. All the things I did for them, and they did absolutely nothing for me. That's not self-giving love. That's selfishness. See? And that thought's going to come to you because that's the way you were born and that's the way you are raised. Always looking to get something for what you're doing. In self-giving love, you just do it. You know what? Jesus got absolutely nothing. He went to the cross. He suffered for you. He died for you. He was raised for you. He gave the Holy Ghost for you. Everything that he did was self-giving love, basically, for you, asking for nothing in return. Absolutely nothing. Well, we get in that stage, basically, where we want to self-give love to people, but then at the same time, we want to get something in return. So Peter, look at it. If we gave up everything. What do we get? <laughs> what are we going to get for that? There's got to be a return on this someplace along the line. You've got to be giving us something. So selfishness basically messes up your life. Selfishness steals your joy. It steals your peace. You having to have your own way will mess up your peace and joy every single time. If you get your own way, everywhere that you go, you will go and spoil everything. Some per person told me one time, my, my worst and hardest thing is to do is get myself off my back. Somebody said, I go every place, but I'm constantly tripping over myself. Somebody else said, I'm a selfaholic. I'm addicted to myself. The self blocks the kingdom of God. It blocks you from receiving from God. It blocks you from operating in the kingdom of God. The world right now is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Everybody trying to climb up, climb here, get what's done. Best thing is, what have you done for me lately? What have you do for me? Do you like that person? Well, they haven't done a thing for me in a long time. In my opinion, I just don't think I should like them anymore. Yes, you should like them because it's good for you to like them just as good for them to be liked. Are you following me? It runs through your blood. It runs through every single part of your body. It affects your physical body in every single way, praise God. The be best thing is, what about me? What about me? What about me? Somebody gets blessed. What about me? Why not be happy for them that got blessed, find out how they got blessed, then get blessed? See? What about me? It's all about me. It's all about I. It's all, when you get into the kingdom of God, you're going to lose your I, and you're going to lose your me, and it's going to be simply God and other people. You're going to be constantly looking. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places, or are you looking to give love in all the right places? It's totally up to you what you want to do. But we've been designed to try to try to impress people, designed to try to walk in this kind of love where everybody loves me, where everybody cares for me. But notice, they were walking in the same thing back there. They just didn't know. They thought they had to get something on the return. But self-giving love simply gives love, basically, because that's the way you were created. You were created in the image and likeness of God. What does God do? He gives with no return expected. He gives and he gives and he gives and he gives. Now, if you can line up to this and do this, and I'm telling you what, this is hard. 
I'm not going to tell you, oh, there's nothing to this. This is real simple. This is tough because every single day you're around people. Every single day you're going to grocery stores. Every single day people are driving on the street in front of you. Every single day you've got your own family. I mean, your own family's tough enough. How many of you know that? I mean, we could stop right there and spend the rest of the week here. Well, they don't deserve my love. Yes, they do. It doesn't matter what they deserve. It matters what you're going to do lined up with the kingdom of God. It's going to keep blood flowing, going to keep it healthy. I'll tell you, marriages, there wouldn't be any divorce. If there'd be a contest in each marriage of who could do more for the other person as soon as they got married. Let's have a contest. Let's see who can do more for the other. The dishes are there. You're running out and you're knocking your wife down to get there first. Come on. Not your turn. No. Your turn. Oh, no, I did them last week. No, I'm going to do them this week. What does it do? It causes friction. Why not look to serve at least that person? Face it, you're stuck with them. You can sort of love somebody out there, and you probably won't see them for a week. But the one you married, dare. You go, they go. You come home, they're there. You go to bed, they're there. You get up, they're there. See? So why not at least try to serve that person first? Try, try it there. And if you can get by that spot there or the closest people around you, then it will be easy for you. But the kingdom of God is all about self-giving love. So you can see the disciples, we're not there yet. Because basically they say, well, what are we going to get in this situation? So that detected where their heart was at. All right, go to Matthew chapter 16. People say, well, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. The Bible actually came and it talks about Jesus came to save his people from what? Their sins. He never came to free you from hell. That's what the church has taught you. He came to save you from your sins. Did he do it? He did, didn't he? Then if we're saved from sin, why do we have to sin all the time and claim that we have to sin all the time when Jesus saved us from our sin? And the number one sin is unselfish or selfishness, just being selfish all the time. Got to have my way. Got to do this. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to start growing in this, and I mean, I'm not just, you're not, not yielding to anything. You're looking to serve the person around you. Are you following me? And when you start to serve them, and sometimes maybe they'll want to do something that you don't want to do. So even if you're going to practice self-serving love, and it's something they really want to do, and you do it, do it with a little bit of joy. Come on, we're going to, we're going to do this today, honey. No, uh, I don't feel like doing that today. Would you please do that? I really want to do it. Okay, I'm going to practice self-giving love. But I ain't talking to her the whole time we're there. And I'm mad as, she's going to know I'm mad, bless God. She's just going to look at my face and know it. But I am self-giving love right now. No, you're better off all staying home. You're torturing a person at that point. You see, there's going to come a way where this is going to be a natural thing where you've got this little radar up where you're looking to serve, looking to give, looking to do things for other people. This is what God's kind of love in the kingdom of God is all about. All right, Matthew chapter 16. We were there before. Now go down to verse 25. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose it for my sake will find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, if you've been mistaught, losing your soul does not mean you go to hell. You're a spirit. You were born again. When you were born again, your soul was not saved. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That gets renewed to the word of God once you're saved. So he's not talking about going to hell here. He's talking about you losing your soul. Say, my soul. Your mind, will, and emotions. What's going to cause you to lose your soul? No peace, no joy, and not getting your way. Just ain't working out. I'm so mad things aren't going forward. I can't stand that person anymore. All that stuff affects your soul, not the person that you're basically dealing with. And here's why it's so hard to do this. Because when you were born into the world, you know what you brought into the world? Yourself. It's all you brought. When you die, you know what you're going to take out of here? 
yourself. That's it. So it's hard for us to lose the only thing that we've got, basically. It's hard for us to do that. So by understanding that that's what God needs done, then basically, and I tell you, you can tell a self-centered person. Look at them. I mean, if they're facing... We're singing the joy song. I've got the joy. Oh, you don't? You ain't got the joy. Why? Because you're thinking of what they did or what they should have did, and you're not thinking of what you could have did. You're thinking of everybody else and what they could be doing for you, and why didn't they do this for me, and why did, they do and why did he do that, and why all that stuff's messing with your mind, and it's messing up your soul. But if you're constantly looking to serve someone, constantly looking for someone in the grocery line to go first, self-giving love. Constantly, you're pulling up to a parking space, and somebody's pulling in from the other way, and instead of gunning it, <laughs> you simply say, go right ahead. And you pull out, and you'll find just as good as parking space probably someplace else, you know, if you do that. But all these things, we were born into this, I've got to be first, dog eat dog, it's got to be my way, and this is the only way it's going to be. And I'll tell you what it is to a lot of person, it throws them into a pity party. That pity party is an ugly spirit. I really believe it's a demon. It gets on you, and oh, nobody cares, nobody loves me, nobody, nobody does this to me, nobody cares about me. Why don't somebody do something for me? <laughs> Notice there's too many me's in there and not enough somebody else. You get in that, you want to bring yourself out of a pity party, just go out and start serving everybody in the world. That thing will break off of you just like that and it'll never come back in your life again. But you're so entrenched in yourself, so engrossed in yourself that you can't get out of yourself, praise God. Most people who basically serve themselves do what they like, then they don't like what they do. Most of them have their own way, then they don't like their way anyway. Most of them express themselves and they certainly don't like the self they're expressing anyway. So you get your own way because you think that's going to make you happy, and it doesn't make you happy anyway, praise God. So what do you figure? If I get my way the next time, maybe it'll make Maybe the next time, and you go and you go and you go, and you never are happy because that's not the way the kingdom does. You'll live a frustrated life in your life, and you'll be good at frustrating people around you because you'll frustrate them also at the same time. It's hard to live with somebody who's frustrated 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So what happened? You've got to start looking outwardly. You've got to start looking at self-giving. You were created to live in the kingdom of God, and basically in the kingdom of God person, you are looking to extend God's love to other people down here. How is anybody going to recognize God unless they see God in you operating through you and touching other people's lives? So what do we want to do? We want self-giving love to each and every person. And as you start doing this, you're going to surprise yourself because it's going to click in with your real nature. Your real nature is self-giving love. It's just been bottled up in there by all these ideas and stuff that we had in our mind. And when you start acting on the Word of God in line with the Word of God, all at once, all at once you're going to start doing things that you can't even explain. In other words, you're going to run into somebody you couldn't stand a week ago and you're naturally going to do something nice to them. And then after you do it, go home and wonder what the heck you were doing. Why did I do that? How come I was nice to them? I don't even like them. What does it matter with me? But it kicks into your actual nature, and that actual love nature starts flowing out of the inside, outside of you, and you start doing things, basically, at that time that you would have never did before. You start thinking in a different way. You'll start casting down thoughts and imaginations of, why don't anybody help me? Why don't anybody do anything? They didn't like my last sermon. Nobody even said it was any good. I went away for a week, and nobody even missed me. Me, 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 me. They had all these thoughts come, don't they, in our minds? They come. Oh, that husband don't like me anymore. <laughs> he don't like me. He's never given me flowers in the last three days. I'm losing it right now. See, all these things are going in our mind. But notice what they all focus on. You. 
all focused on you. You've got to get out of that. That is the world system. That is the way the world does things, not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is self-giving love. What does that bring you? Peace and joy and righteousness and a, and a joy. I love that last song of joy right now because joy is good. And once you step into that, you, you know, you got those little uh, Asian women in the mall and they're holding out these little chicken things. And you take one and you take it. What's that for? So you come in and eat the whole chicken. They're trying to make some money. Well, it's the same way. Once you tap into this joy of self-giving and, and all at once it feels so good, you, you want the whole chicken. You want the whole self You'll want to do it again, and you want to do good. Everyone in here has helped someone at some time. I mean, really helped them. And when you left, don't tell me you didn't feel good. You felt so. You thought, oh, my God, that person was going to commit suicide. I gave them a little scripture. Now they're full of joy and peace and came to the kingdom. I just feel great. But now I'm going to go back to my way, praise God. I'm going to get what I want. See, and I takes the air right back out of the balloon. So there's a way to live in love and peace and joy all the time. But it's self-giving love. Go to Romans chapter 12. All right, Romans chapter 12. Instead of starting in verse 2 where you always start, let's go back to verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Notice God wants us to be a living sacrifice. Say a living sacrifice. God is asking not only for the things we possess, but he's asking for us. And the benefit of you surrendering self is basically the self that you surrender. There's a benefit to yourself. There's a peace and a joy there that was never there before. Basically, we rebel against it because it's my money. It's my time. It's my this. It's my that. No, everything you got belongs to God anyway. And you're going to take none of it with you anyway. Everything you got is on loan. The car you got, the, the house you live in are all going to go by the wayside sooner or later. And I mean, if you died tomorrow, all that stuff would belong to somebody else anyway. You can't take anything with you. So it all belongs to God to begin with. So what do we want to do? We want to walk in love towards others. We want to offer ourselves as a living, say living, living. Sacrifice. sacrifice. Now, how many know if God asks us to do this, then he better be able to do it himself. I don't want a God that tells me to do one thing, then he does something different. Well, the body says he, he gave his only begotten son. Yes, yes. And he, since he gave us his only begotten son, how will he not freely give us all things? So notice, Jesus was the example of the kingdom. He was the example of self-giving love. He came and suffered, died for every single person. The worst person in the world, the best person in the world, the good, the black, the white, the black. It doesn't make any difference to God. He died for every single person. So he already did it. And then he says what? Come and follow me. Pick up your cross. Do what I do. Do what I did. Now you're in self-giving love for the people who are around you each and every day of your life. But we rebel against that because everything seems to be ours. It seems to belong to us, including ourselves and our attitudes. So we need to set free from that. The happiest person you ever run into the world is going to be somebody who's discovered this, who's walking in it, who's doing it, who's doing what they're supposed to do. And after this for a while, I mean, it seems like it goes in steps. You'll do something for people for a little while, say a week, and then those thoughts will come, and I've been doing this for a week, and ain't nothing good happening to me. You know, nobody, nobody even cares what I'm doing. Nobody even came back and said, thank you for what I'm doing, and nobody really respects what I'm doing, and nobody, and you want to go right back to the other part, and just, I might as well live the way that I live. But notice, you cannot look for the return on this stuff. You do this stuff. 
And it's an act of your will in order to serve the other person with you and the people that are around you. The more you give out. Yeah, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee gets water into it. It got water out of it. It is one of the richest, most beautiful, most life-giving things you ever saw. Why is that? Because it gives of itself, not expecting a return. That's what it does. Now, there's another thing over there called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea gets it in, but don't give anything out. Many people and Christians are living like the Dead Sea and wondering why they stink. See, it won't work for you. If it don't work for the body of water, it's not going to work for us either. So the more you're taking it, I need to get this. They need to do this for me. I wish they'd do that for me. And I mean, once again, married, since you're together all the time, this is the way it can get, you know. Well, you got, he got his way the last three times, bless God, and that's the way it's going to be. And, and now it's my turn, and you keep your little score pad. Make sure you know who's ahead and who's behind, who got the star and who didn't. Come on now. We all know that. Or, or you do it to get something. Now, if I do this, she's going to do this. I know it going to be rewarded, so I'm going to do this. And then you don't get your reward. Bye-bye, self-giving love. See? You're not expecting things. This is a lifestyle. This is the way Jesus lived. This is the way God lives. This is the way when the new heavens and earth come down, it's going to be. Everybody's going to be a nothing but self-giving love to one another. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a wonderful world? Well, we don't have to wait till then because you and your own little kingdom can live that way right now if you want to. You can, you can make people happy with your joy. Happy that you're on top all the time. Happy that you're serving other people. And people will come up and say, boy, you're a real wimp. Always doing this for that person, that person. They don't do anything for you. They don't understand the kingdom of God or how the kingdom of God operates. It operates in self-giving love. All right, go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, look at verse 37. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So notice, it says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? Mind. Now, how am I going to love God with my mind? I'm going to love God by allowing his word to renew my mind to live a kingdom lifestyle like he wants me to live, to live in his image and to live in his likeness, basically. So my mind's got to be changed. That's why it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what am I doing? I'm slowly letting the word of God, I'm slowly acting on the word of God to renew my mind. But notice what else says, be not conformed to this world. Say, be not conformed to this world. So there's two parts, isn't there? There's not only the part about thinking like God, acting like God, but you have got to disconnect yourself from the way the world does things. And in the world we're living in right now, that's very tough to do because society is controlling people's thought lives. The kingdom of God says one thing, the world says something else. You're stuck in the middle. Which you going to go for? And everybody has an excuse to be conformed to the world. Well, everybody else is doing it. My friends are doing it. My neighbors are doing it. Everybody's doing it. So I should be able to do it too. But how many know myself and other people are not the dictates for the kingdom of God? The word of God are the dictates for the kingdom of God. People come up to me all the time and say, you're radical. No, I'm biblical. 
I'm just radical because biblical is going out by the wayside and society wants to do everything but what's there. So they think you're radical. No, I'm just obeying what the Word of God tells me to do because while I'm here, I'm going to live that lifestyle basically to a place to where I can walk in the kingdom of God and be used by God for what He put me here to do. I don't want to pattern the world. I don't want to be an echo in the world. I want to be a voice. I don't want to copy people. I want to create things. I don't want to be a man basically that can't serve other people and I'm trying to follow this person and follow this movie star and follow this preacher and follow this. I don't want to do that. I want to follow the kingdom of God. I want to follow what it tells me to do. So what am I doing? I'm practicing every day. Say every day. And this word of God will do you no good until you start putting it into your marriage, put it into your relationships, put it into your life, and you start practicing what God basically has already asked you and wants you to do. And what is that? Self-giving love. And there's always an opportunity of self-giving love. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're doing, there's an opportunity to serve someone else. Someone comes out of the store and they got too big a package. Help them carry their package. Just small things to where you're extending themselves to other people's lives. All right, go to John 3.16. You might know this scripture. All right, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting what? Life. Now, how many know this is probably, if you picked out Christianity, this is probably the scripture that everyone knows. We see it in the football goalposts. We see it every place we go. And the Christians have had this scripture as our number one scripture for their entire lives, that God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son that it should not perish and I should have everlasting life. Praise God. Hallelujah. But that's where Christianity has ended. Because once you got the everlasting life, you figured you were going to heaven and you didn't care about anything after that. So you just live your life however you want to live your life because his son has already got you and you're already there and everything's good. And are you following me? Because we've made it salvation in heaven. We haven't made it salvation in lifestyle. So notice John 3.16 is good. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But let me give you a better one. Go to 1 John All right, 1 John 3, are you there? Look at verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Have you ever heard anybody quote that? You know know my favorite scripture verse? It's 1 John 3, 16. Lay down my life for my brethren. You have never heard that. You've heard John 3, 16, haven't you? God loved me. He saved me. But you get to the laying down your life part. You don't care if that other scripture is ever read before you again, praise God. I guarantee it's not colored in your Bible. It's not underlined in your Bible. It doesn't have a star by there. But John 3, 16 is in blue and orange and gold and purple. and Because that's where we stopped. That's not where you stop. Yes, he did. And we're thankful for that. But now it's your turn. It's your turn. Your turn to pick up your cross and follow him and get your mind off yourself for a change and get it on the people around you. It will help you. It'll help. Some of the little ailments you've got in your body are just going to drop right off of you when you get yourself out of your life a little bit more. Your attitude's going to change. Your emotions are going to change. Your feelings are going to change. Why? Because you're now finally lined up with the way God created you and designed you to work. 
That's the way you were created and designed to work. Adam messed it up, but we got a chance to fix the thing, for goodness sakes. So the center of the kingdom life itself is easy. Self-giving love to other people. Not you, not what I'm getting, not what I can do, this and that. But that scripture right there is a main scripture I believe in the Bible. We have to lay down our lives for one another. How about a church that just every member in there is constantly looking to lay down their life for someone else in the church? I mean, Vinny has been gone quite a while. Vinny went back home a couple weeks ago, and he was basically in his house there, and Audrey's been spending the whole time with him, been staying with him, been there. She used to work at the post office with a long time ago, been there every time. He wanted to go someplace, she drove him there. Wanted to go out to eat, she drove him there. Wanted to, she's just been doing it now for two solid weeks or more, doing that. What is that? That's self-giving love. How many you know that? I mean, you know, she could be doing her own thing and probably does have some other things to do at certain times, but she's doing what she is doing right now. And that's an example of self-giving love to me. That's laying down your schedule. It's laying down your time. It's laying down everything in order to do that. That's what God is looking for in the fruit and character of people right now. We want to see that. We want to see it. You want to go on Facebook? Bless somebody else rather than complaining about what you ain't got. You're just telling off. You're just telling you like the disciples. Well, we left everything to follow you, but what do we get? We get nothing right now. No, no, that does not bring you happiness. Even if you get it, it doesn't bring you happiness. What brings you happiness, praise God, is you reaching out to other people, you helping other people. And one of the best ways you can do this, you know what it is? Prayer. Pray for other people. You know, it takes time to pray for other people. You know that? Takes a, even if you're just praying in the Holy Ghost, it takes your time. You could be doing something else in that half-hour period that you've decided to pray for someone else. What am I doing? I'm giving of myself. God is using me. I'm blessing. I might not even know who I'm blessing at the time, but I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm self-giving to other people. So look. Be a radar. Look to give to other people around you. Look to give to your spouse. Look to be a blessing. Whenever you get that feeling of, oh, nobody cares, nobody, snap yourself out of it. And do something for someone else as quick, as quick as you can do it. You don't have to walk around with that attitude the rest of your life. I'll tell you, as you get older, you know time's getting shorter. And it's getting shorter for all of us. How many of you know that? You're not increasing your... Well, why waste a week because you've got a bad attitude because someone didn't do what you wanted them to do in the situation? Why do you want to waste that time? Why not counter it, praise God, with giving to someone else, breaking yourself free of that, and walking in love in each and every area of your life? Be a radar. Look to bless someone. Look to, and I'm not even talking financial. I'm talking about effort, any way along the line, whatever anybody else needs. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes somebody hasn't had a hug in a long time when they come in here in the morning, and they need your hug. They need a smile. How I many know a smile never fails? It's just hard to find one. I mean, you walk down the street and don't even see a smile. You don't even get a look or a wave anymore. You can walk right by people. And they're just like, I'm invisible. I thought maybe I got raptured that day and they didn't realize I was gone. But no, everybody's so into themselves. Just like you're not even there. Well, I say hi anyway. If they ignore me, they ignore me. If they say hi back, if they faint because I said hi, then we just keep right on going anyway. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, you've got to make an advance in these things. And the way to do it is... However God leads you to do and every single thing. It's not the major things. It's just the little things we've got to start practicing. The self-living love for those who are around us. We want to let them know that they are loved. And when we start going to that spot, break out of it. How do I do it? I give more of myself for someone else. Hallelujah. Say self-giving love, self love is the center, center of God's kingdom. I choose, I choose today, today to start operating, to start operating in, the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God in self-giving love, self love for those people who are around me, who I know, and even those who I don't know. I'm just going to love everybody. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God.
you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.